This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Good morning, everyone, and happy Sunday, and uh, happy last Sunday of 2020. How many are excited that you made it this far? Seemed like we were never going to make it to the last Sunday in 2020, but God has been faithful, and he will continue to be from this moment on. I want to welcome everyone who is joining online as well, and today, uh, as we are heading into, the, into this final Sunday of the year and, uh, and getting ready for the Word, uh, I was told that we were still going to have this Christmas prop up. Christmas is done. I don't know if you guys uh, are aware of that or not, right? But it's already long gone, and, uh, and, and today this is going to be actually taken down. They said, hey, if you want to use it for the message, you're free to do that. Uh, so I was actually thinking of having like a progressive, let's put away the tree and the ornaments uh, moment throughout the services today. I don't know what it, how, that, how that works at your own house. You know, some folks leave the tree up all year long because they're like, it just saves a ton of time on the front end and on the back end, right? And they just leave it up. Uh, others are, they're ready, like December 26 hits, boom, everything has already been stripped. And there is no mistletoe, there's no ornaments, no garland, nothing to be found. And uh, then there's some of us that uh, come March, we're like, we should probably take that stuff down, right? Uh, so today, you know, as I was thinking of titles for today's message, I was like, okay, we could call it clean up and do that. We could call it aftermath and then just fill it with all kinds of uh, gift wrappings and, uh, and just stuff knocked over and, uh, and, and spots of food on the couch and everything. Or how about this? We could call today's message Hindsight is 2020, because if there was ever a Sunday to use that title, this would be it, right? But we're not going to do that. So the way we approach messages here at Emmanuel is we actually, we, we don't just start with a clever title and then try to build around that. We start the way it should start. We pray and we say, God, what do you want to speak to your family? What do you want to speak to your people? And uh, in, in, uh, in, in listening for God's voice, there's a specific message that, that God wants to speak to us today. Those who are here in the room at Spring Lake Park, those who are joining from your home, Manuel at home as well. And uh, I want to point your attention to a text in 2 Peter. If you want to turn there together with me, 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read a few verses there. This is the Apostle Peter. He is uh, approaching the time of his death. He knows that his time is running out, that he is going to soon be stepping into eternity, and he's writing encouragement to the churches that he's helped to strengthen and establish, and he says the following, for we, are not, we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when, we received, when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, and I've got that underlined in my text here, 
because of that experience, we have even greater confidence, and I underline greater confidence, in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the dawn comes and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. We just pray real quick that God would open our hearts for today's message. Father, we just we come to you with hunger, with openness, and Lord, with a desire to hear your voice in the same way that Peter heard the voice from heaven. Let us hear your voice today and let uh, the experience with you today uh, impact our lives. Let it give us greater confidence for all that's ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love the, uh, the way he talks about Scripture. We need to pay close attention to what was written because this is what shines a light on the path of our decisions, on the path of our reactions, on the way we do life. It really, there's wisdom that comes from God's written word. And uh, part of what we're, what we're looking forward to this upcoming Sunday as we step into 2021 we're going to start a new series that really matches up with this text here, a new series called Seek the Light. Seek the Light. And uh, it's so easy to point around us and say there's darkness, 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 you know, evil, corruption, uh, you know, fear going on. That's really easy, okay? Uh, there's, no, there's, no, uh, <laughs> there's no merit in doing that. Anyone can do that. But what if we focus our attention in our intentionality on seeking out the light, seeking God, seeking His Word. And as we step into this new year, I want to encourage you to do something, something that we started actually in 2020. We're going to continue building on that. Make room for God's voice, for His Word every day this upcoming year. Okay? A really simple way that you can do that. We've been using it. This is something that we practice as a family too We've got the Bible in one year approach. So it's, a, you know, every single day there's a scripture portion, there's some devotional thoughts, and we've got a Bible in one year app that's linked to our Emmanuel MN app. So if you even want to pull that up now, get a head start on some of those uh, New Year's resolutions, make this foundational in the way you approach 2021. And uh, I love the fact that we get to lean into to, uh, God's voice in Scripture. Uh, if you have used this app, there's one of the great things. You can read it, or you can also listen to it. As uh, Nikki Gumbel, who uh, has started Alpha and the whole program around that, uh, gives some thoughts and reads Scripture. Something about hearing Scripture in, uh, in a British accent. It's very King James and uh, feels very, very sacred, right? And so... Uh, I, you know, I've, it takes about 20 minutes. I think everyone here can at least dedicate, at least devote 20 minutes a day to focusing on listening for God's voice. So make every effort to seek the light. And uh, that's, you're not going to want to miss this upcoming month as we jump into that series. Um, there's something about this text. Peter's looking back. He's remembering. And there's so many memories he could have pulled from. But there's something that stood out, his experience on this holy mountain. We're going to talk about that, unpack that a little bit more, and read from Matthew in a moment. But he has memories of sacred experiences, sacred moments that he draws encouragement from, strength, clarity from. And I think God plants sacred moments like that in all of our stories. 
Some of you are so ready to turn the page on 2020 and get it over with. You're like, don't, don't, don't even remind me about anything. I'm just ready for the next thing, for, for something new, right? Uh, and others are like, you know, I, I, you know the old, olden days were so much better. Memory and, and remembering is part of growth, okay? We can't, we can't move forward unless we have a, a memory to build on. But there's a danger in that. We can either over-idealize and get stuck in our memories, in the way things were, in the way things, you know, when, when f- things were predictable and we felt like we were in control, we can get stuck there and, uh, and despise or, or diminish the present and lose hope for, for tomorrow, for the future. Or we can, uh, we can just try to skip memories and, uh, and, and, and just, you know, try to focus so much on today that we're starting from scratch and not learning from the past. Peter gives us a great example here because he is able to identify those sacred moments, those sacred memories that, that he can carry with him throughout his life. They're an inspiration to him. They're an inspiration to the people that he's writing to. So if you had to define uh, 2021 with one word, what would that be? I'm not going to do an open mic uh, today because there's children listening and watching too. So I don't want to get in any dangerous spots here. But some of you might say, uh, you know, coronavirus. That's easy. You know, some might say uh, shelter in place. And my daughter pointed out that's more than one word. You know, she, she's good. She's counting. I said, well, then toilet paper would also fall in that category. Remember that? Remember that whole thing when we were going online and looking for bidets and, and, uh, and we were just freaking out? Remember when you like stocked up with so much jasmine rice that you could feed a, a you know a, a, a village today? That's us. If you need rice, come come talk to us. We could not find jasmine rice anywhere. When we found it, we like emptied the Twin Cities, and uh, we have all of the jasmine rice in our home. So, and now we're on keto. So what are we gonna do? I don't know. So it's uh. <laughs> There's so many different words that could define, you know, how about, how about pivot? That's, that's like a, you know, that's like ever trending. Like, we need to pivot, right? This is 2020. We got to pivot. How about um, uncertainty? That's a pretty good one. How about Zoom? Who would have known? Who would have ever thought that Zoom would just be like a, you know, like it'd be part of how we connect and talk to each other? Um, injustice. Masks. Oh, that's a hot topic. I'm not going to park there too long. But... Um, there's so many things that we could, that we could dwell on and that we could get stuck on and, 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 uh, and they could make us lose sight of some of the sacred moments that God has given us throughout 2020. Because if you think about it, if you pay attention, God has definitely showed up in your own journey, in your own life, in your own experience. There has been sacred moments where he has shown up. Some can point to moments when he showed up as your provider, when it seemed like things were so uncertain, where, where jobs were, were uh, you know, they, they just, it didn't, we didn't know what to, what to expect, what would come next. Some can point out moments where God showed up as your healer, your protector, your peace in moments of fear, anxiety, or stress. You know, God showed up. There are moments that we can identify that give this past year purpose, significance. Those moments redeem these days that we've lived in 2020. Nothing goes to waste in God's hands. God has purpose in every single day that we experience. 
And as we look back, it's good to affirm that. And it's good to think of, of the fact that there's highs and lows. Peter speaks of a holy mountain, but mountains are only uh, seen when they're in contrast with a flat valley or even more so with a deep, with a flat uh, plateau or a deeper valley, you know? And so there's, there's highs and lows in our journey. If there, if there had to be a title for today's message, that's what it would be. It's highs and lows. It's interesting that Second Peter, you know, as he's choosing to remember something, he picks a memory from, from a time frame of a few, just a handful of months leading up to the crucifixion. He could have talked of the day when he tried to correct Jesus and, and Jesus rebuked him. And, and uh, he could have talked about the day when they tried to keep the children from bothering Jesus. And, and Jesus said, let the children come to me. You're missing the points for, for, you know, of such is the kingdom of heaven. He could have talked about the day when, like Maddie was just uh, encouraging us to remember prior to the song we sang, when he walked on water and began to sink and Jesus reached out and pulled them up. Could have remembered the day when, when uh, they had the last Passover together. And Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And they all said, is it I, is it I, is it I? And then he figured out it was Judas because Judas dipped his bread in the sauce, you know, and gave himself away right at that moment. He could have remembered the moment when he said, you know what, even if they all fail you, I will not because I'm committed. I'm 100% with you, Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, that's so cute. Thank you. That's endearing. I appreciate it. But he said, uh, you know what, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And he could have remembered the moment when, when in, in Gethsemane, Jesus says, you know, pray with me. I'm, I'm in anguish. I'm in a moment of, of I'm distraught. And, and, and Peter just kept his eyelids just beginning to weigh a ton. And he just could not stay awake. He tried to fight off sleep, just like some of you are doing right now. And I really appreciate it. Um, and he just, he like gave in to sleep. And then, and then he could have remembered the moment when, when the guards showed up and they're ready to arrest Jesus. And he pulls out a sword and he takes a swing at one of them, which was a high priest servant named Malchus, and he missed his throat and cut off his ear. And, uh, and, 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 and Jesus said, Peter, please, settle down, right? We're not going to fix things this way. Where is that ear? Give that, you know, and so then he goes and he heals, heals Malchus right away, right? Could have, he could have pointed out any of those experiences, the moment when, when he runs away like a coward, just like he had said he would never do. And then from afar, he watches the trial of his master, his teacher, his friend, and, uh, and, and watches as they're beating him. And, uh, and, and then he's confronted, and they say, you're with them. You know, we know you. We know your accent. And he denies his rabbi three times. The rooster crows. He remembers the words of the Lord. And then bitterly, he, he just cries. He feels the shame, the guilt, the, just the weight of having betrayed someone who called him, who believed in him, who loved him like Jesus did. The Gospel of Luke says that at that moment, uh, their eyes actually met. Jesus looked over when, when Peter failed him. And uh, we don't get much more than, than that, but knowing Jesus, there wasn't the look of saying, see, I told you so. That's, uh, that's probably how I would, you know, when someone screws up, I'm like, I told you. I told you you were going to screw up, right? I was right. You were wrong. Let's just, for the record, can we just agree on that, right? Jesus didn't look at him that way. He didn't look at, he, he, you know, the way I imagine Jesus looked at him, he said, you know what? I knew that you're human. I knew that you would fail, and I called you anyway. And even knowing that you would fail, I said that, I, that you are a rock, and your story's not done yet. 
And you will move beyond this point, and I will restore you, and you will do great things because your story is not defined by your failure today. That's what Jesus did when he looked at him in that instant. Peter could have remembered the moment when he, he ran to the tomb and found it empty, and he was confused, and he didn't know what to think. He could have remembered the moment when he felt like he had already screwed everything up and said, I just might as well go back to fishing. He could have remembered any of these things. But he points out the memory of the holy mountain, and that's what we're going to be reading today in the Gospel of Matthew, as Matthew, the disciple, the apostle, also tells us the story of what happened that day. Matthew 17, 1 through 8 says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. So Peter's remembering this moment years later, decades later, as he's writing that epistle. And he's saying, the experience I had that day gave me such a strong conviction to believe in God's promises. What God revealed to me on that mountaintop has carried me through all these years, and I've had a firm faith because of it. Now, I love the moment where he blurts out, and one of the Gospels says that he just began to speak mindlessly. He's like, ah, I'll build you a shelter, and one for you, and one for you, three for the price of one. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he wasn't think. he was maybe like thinking in terms of the Feast of Tabernacles. He, you know, he was just trying to, you know, he was overwhelmed with the motion, with joy. And so he just blabs out and God says, Peter, this is my son. I want you to shut up and listen to him. Okay. It's not time to talk. It's almost like God, but you know, Peter, (laughs) listen. Time to listen. Sometimes God needs to do that to us, right? Just like, just put his finger, like his index on our lips. Say, listen to him. And I think too often we probably spend too much time just out of an overflow of emotion or whatever is going through our mind and talking and blabbing and, and responding to whatever. And we might miss what God actually wants to reveal or teach us. Spend too much time telling God what he needs to do or what he should do better or what we're planning on doing, or how we're going to fix the world. And we actually need to be silent and listen to him. And, uh, you know, if there's, if there's something that Peter learned that day, is that the Jesus that he had walked with for three years, that he thought he had figured out. He thought he knew everything. He's like, I know your habits. I know, I, you know, I know uh, when you get up, when you go to, you know, when you, how you eat. I know how you respond to the opposition, the religious opposition when they come. You respond with a the, with the question, a question with a question. Then you kind of, you, you get them tangled up, and then you, you, end, you end up getting out. They can never trap you. He had them figured out. But there's always more that we can learn about Jesus. 
There's always more to discover. You know, if you read Paul, you read Peter, they have this desire to continue learning more about Jesus. You know, that's, that's my desire today for myself, and that's my desire for you as well. I want to know Jesus more. I think too often I, I kind of get confused, and I, and, I, and I think that Christianity is more about virtues and values and principles of life than about the relationship of walking with the Lord. It's about how to do life and how to live and how to, to be righteous. And, and I forget that it's actually about knowing him more, about knowing the person of Jesus. It's not about creeds. It's not about religious habits. It's about a relationship. And it's so basic that we could almost miss it, but it's foundational. Something that we need to build our faith and our understanding on. We need to know Jesus more. If you think you have him figured out, then you're deceiving yourself. There's more that God wants to reveal. Amen? My prayer is that we will have mountaintop moments where he will open up the skies, speak to us, unveil our eyes. It's not that Jesus had just attained this. He was always like that. But what happened was that he was was giving a, a glimpse of the glory that he had always had. He wasn't more God at that point, or less God at any other point. We have the best-looking water girl. Thank you. That's my wife, for those who are watching online right now. She knows how to recognize the moment when I'm choking and uh, running out of air. Can we have coffee for our next service? No, it's okay. <laughs> Only water. There's so much more that we can learn about the Lord. And I want to I encourage you to, to have this desire to know him more. I've, I'm fourth generation uh, Christian. Growing up in, in a family that has always strived to, to, to serve God, to please him. But my context doesn't guarantee anything. My context gives me, a, a, it gives me an opportunity, but I need to develop my own faith. Maybe you lack the context of having that, that, that same surrounding that would encourage faith. That's not a disadvantage. You have the same opportunity today to know the person of Jesus. Peter, uh, at one point, heard that calling from the Lord and, and, and Jesus, as he stepped into his boat and called him to follow him, that marks the beginning of, of a new life for him. In fact, he, in, earlier in his epistle, would say, by his divine power, 2 Peter 1.3, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. It's my prayer, Lord, I want to know you more. Today and throughout 2021, I want to know you more. I want God to prepare moments where he will open my heart and and give me a revelation of how great he is, of his glory. And I don't want to ever assume things about the Lord. I don't want to ever assume that I know everything. There's still more to learn about him. You know what? The highs 
are part of the moment when we experience that revelation, we also learn a lot about Jesus in the lows, in the valleys. This is a word of encouragement to you. If you feel like you're stuck in a never-ending valley, God is present there with you. And he is no less God in that valley than he is on the mountaintop. Don't resent the valleys. Find Jesus in that valley, in the, in the frustration, in the confusion, in the questions, in the pain, in that mystery. Find Jesus. He is there. He's within reach. We read in Matthew 17, as they continue the story, at the foot of the mountain, they're coming down from the holy mountain, from the Mount of Transfiguration. A large crowd was waiting for them, and a man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Now you got to keep in mind that the disciples for three years have been commissioned. They've been empowered by God to go out. They've gone out in teams of two. They've, they've preached. They've, they've healed the sick. They've cleansed lepers. They've raised the dead. They've delivered people from demonic uh, oppression and torment. They've seen God show up so many times. So as this father brings a son, which is, you know, it's baffling to me. If, if an, ad, an adult is having uh, issues with demonic torment, that makes a little more sense. Maybe they made bad choices that have given access to the enemy. This is confusing to me. It's hard to know where this fits. But this is a child. And this is a father that, that is unable to help his child and, and wants with all his strength and all his heart for his child to be whole, to be protected, to not suffer anymore. And he brings him to Jesus and he says, your, your disciples, they, they, they prayed, they, they, you know, they, I've done what they asked me to do, but nothing's happened. And, uh, and, and you know what? I, I wonder if they were, you know, if they, if they prayed just kind of out of habit or they, they, maybe they, they just did their usual MO or I don't, I don't really know what happened there, but if you ever wanted to see Jesus, there's kind of a couple glimpses of the Gospels where you, se you sense he's got kind of a little bit of a snappy mood or kind of a, not on a grumpy day, but, you know, he's just got, he's got these stingers. And this is one of those moments. He says, Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people or perverse people in, in, another, uh, in another rendition of this portion, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him, and from that moment, the boy was well. So the same Jesus that was uh, revealed in all splendor, glory, majesty up in the mountaintop comes down to the valley, and he is no less God. He is there. He continues to deliver. He continues to have power over every work of the enemy. But the disciples are, they're kind of caught in this, in this, you know, crisis of faith. And they say, what, you know, why didn't it work for us? It worked before. Why is it not working now? And maybe you're stuck in a crisis of faith. Maybe you're at a point of frustration. Maybe you've been praying for something for a long time and nothing is happening. Maybe you're, you're, you're doing everything you know how to do and you're not seeing an answer. You're not seeing a breakthrough. And, and you're wondering, what's going on? Why is this not working? Is, is there a flaw in me? Is it, you know, where, where is the issue? Where's the problem? It doesn't add up. I love what the disciples did. They went afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately. Very smart. They went privately asked. They didn't ask, you know, when the crowd's all there. Lord, why is it that 
That Matthew over here, he's not able to cast out the spirit. That's how I would have asked it. I would have asked for someone. I'm asking for a friend, right? But they went and privately they processed their crisis of faith. They went and said, Lord, why, what's going on? What are we missing? What are we, what are we not doing that we, should, that, we should, that we should be doing? Or maybe are we doing something that we're not supposed to do? And, and Jesus says, you don't have enough faith. I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Now, some of the manuscripts add uh, a, a, like an explaining portion in there. This type of demon does not go out except by through prayer and fasting. And uh, an interesting aspect of this, Jesus says that you... He says, faithless and corrupt or perverse generation. Then it, there's a contrast with the whole prayer and fasting. So there's, you know, they lacked the faith to be able to minister to that need in the valley. And there was something that, that, they, that they, a way that they should have approached that need that they were lacking, that they were missing. The faith that comes from prayer and fasting, from having lived in that in that ongoing connection with God's voice. So not just praying and saying, God, I got it covered. I got this one. I've done this before. I'll call you if I need you. I know how to pray. I know how to address this. But it's more of a, Lord, how should we approach this need? How, how am I supposed to respond? I don't want to just go at it with my usual MO. How can I respond to this need? And that's how our faith grows when we walk in that relationship with the Lord. I want my faith to grow beyond where it's at right now. I don't want to get stuck in a crisis of faith. I don't want to get stuck in, in, in uh, you know, the first moment when, I, when there's a prayer that's not answered and then I just kind of throw my hands up and give up. I don't want to get stuck in frustration. I don't want to get stuck in, 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 in not seeing what I'm expecting from God. I want to go to God and say, God, how can I grow my faith? How can I pray better? How can I hear you better? How can I respond better to what's happening around me? And, and Jesus, what he didn't say is, uh, dear father of this son who is being tormented, can you give me a week? I'm going to go and do a silent retreat and fast. Then I'll be back. Just wait for me right here. He was already prayed and fasted up. He was ready to respond because he lived this way. And this is something that I think challenges us, church. We don't need to start praying and fasting when we hit a crisis. We need to live in this continuous way of relating to God, of trusting Him, of hearing from Him, so we are ready to respond when the crisis comes. Amen? And it's not only for my own needs. This is because God is going to take us to the needs of the valleys in 2021. And he's going to want you to be able to represent him and say, you know what? God wants to bring healing. He wants to bring freedom. Just in the last couple of weeks, we've had an uptick of, of people that have reached out with, uh, with supernatural oppression or torment or things like that that have been going on. And the enemy, is, he's ruthless. He's been doing this for a long time. And, uh, and he does it well. You know, he oppresses. He, he steals. He lies. He enslaves people. And Jesus came to make people free. And you know who he uses to make people free? The church, you and me. 
But we need to be in an attitude and in, in, in a rhythm of prayer and fasting so that we can respond when the needs of the valley show up. And not just treat it as, okay, this is how I've regularly done it, and so that's what I'm going to lean on. Let's not lean on our own experience, our own understanding. Let's listen for God and say, God, what is your answer to this need that we're facing right now? And, uh, and then we will have the faith to be able to say nothing is impossible. That ongoing voice of Jesus in our life is what makes the difference. I want my faith to grow. I want your faith to grow from where it's at. I want you to be able to tackle mountains and, and, and move them out of the way. I want you to be able to face each day and say nothing is impossible because God is at work and I am joining him where he's already at work. Amen? Final thing, I want to experience more miracles. I want to, I want to experience God's supernatural intervention. I want, I, want, I want samples of heaven. You know what? In heaven, we won't need miracles anymore. Right? No more sickness. No more death. No more. There's no poverty there. You can just, like, pay for stuff by scraping up the, uh, the, the streets of gold or, you know. But here's the thing. Maybe we... Don't make room for miracles. Because when we have financial need, we just lean into credit. Or because I don't need healing, I've got great health coverage. And maybe we need to make some more room for God to step in and not use him as a last resort. And maybe we need to expect God to show up in powerful ways. I was listing out some of the things that over the years I've been able to see. In, in my own life, uh, miracles, uh, multiple times I've seen God form the arch in flat feet. Uh, remember a service that Ali and I were at where over a dozen people that were hearing impaired, they were deaf, God opened up their ears in an instant. Um, I remember Analia's mother, uh, when they went through a real difficult time, as, you know, Analia was young, and they... She was trying to cook for them, and they only had a propane tank, and it was running out. And Aliyah's mother prayed, and that multiplied, and it lasted for months. Uh, I remember when, uh, you know, deliverance happened for so many people that we've seen God break them out of oppression. Remember seeing arthritic joints being healed. Remember uh, in my own life, retinal detachment, uh, God healing that. Uh, I've, I've seen God heal me from yes as well. I've seen signs and wonders, all kinds of things, but I don't want to live off yesterday's answers to prayer. I want current miracles. I want God to show up today. I want God to show that he is powerful today. And I know God's not done. I know that 2021 will be marked by God's supernatural interventions. It'll be marked by samples of heaven that God is going to bring into everyday life. Because God is just as much God on the mountaintop as he is in the valley. God is just as much God on Sunday morning as he is on Monday afternoon. God is just as much God at 7777 University Avenue as he is at your job place. God is just as much God. He is just as much able. And nothing is impossible if we believe if we know that he is at work. I want to learn how to pray. I want to learn how to expect. I want to learn how to see mountains moved. And I, I want you to have 
that same desire and hunger for him to do powerful things. I want to experience more miracles. Amen. Would you stand with me? In just a moment, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray that God would give us the gift of faith. You know, faith is not, in a sense, it's something that we receive from God. And in a sense, it's almost like a muscle that we need to exercise, right? And uh, that's how the gifts work. They're meant to be used. And uh, in a moment, we're going to pray that God would just fill us with faith, that he would fill us with the hunger to know the person of Jesus more, and that he would open our eyes and we would begin to see miracles happening, not only in our lives, but through our lives, through the church, through God's family. Amen. Before that, I do want to take a moment, and I want to encourage you, if you have not yet begun a relationship with the person of Jesus, it's the beginning of true life. It's, it's, that's, it's a game changer. It's a fresh start. It's, that's where everything changes. It's not about adopting a, a, a creed or a denomination. It's about, it's, it's about beginning that relationship. And it plays out in the values of, of walking with him. Maybe at some point you walked with God and now you've kind of drifted away. Today is a day where he can make all things new and bring you back. Bring you back to the best version of your life possible. So could you just for a moment close your eyes, open your heart, and if that's you, you say, you know what, I need today to be that fresh start. I need a new beginning. I, I don't want to just uh, patch up, up my broken life. I need God to make me new today. If that's you. Can you just raise your hand, even at your house, if you're watching, you've joined a line, just raise your hand. Just own it for yourself and say, that's me. That's me. I want a new beginning. I want to take advantage of the offer that God gives me for a fresh start, new beginning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It says in Scripture that we believe with our hearts and we turn it into a statement with our mouth. So if you would, just church, if you could just all pray together with me and, and, and make this your own prayer and, uh, and, just, and, and ask God to step into your story and make all things new. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of hope. Thank you for the gift of your forgiveness. Thank you for the promise of making me new. And I receive those gifts and that promise. I'm sorry for my sin and my mistakes. And I ask that you would forgive me. And Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior from this moment on and forever. Amen. Amen. Can we just clap and celebrate with those who have made that choice? And you might say, well, what? That was it? That's all? No, that's the beginning. It's the beginning of an adventure. It's the beginning of newness of life. It's the beginning of living an amazing and abundant life filled with God's purpose. I want to encourage you, if you had said that, you said that prayer and you meant it from your heart, God's already at work in your life. I want to encourage you to stay in the journey. And a simple way to do that, you're not alone. You got, you, you know, we want to cheer you on. We want to accompany you and support you in this, in this faith journey. Simple way to do that is if you text Emmanuel to 313131, you get a quick link from me with some great next steps to be able to encourage you on your journey. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. 
To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.